Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marit Larwood. Hello, film listeners, and not fast wrong. Do you want to, do you want to go Film listeners is wrong. Film listeners. I'm so tired. I really thought, in my head I was thinking this has got to be really important, really succinct, and already it's going off. No, it's English film listeners. Film, well, film like saying, fans. Blind people. Blind people. Film listeners. Film listeners. The hello, film listener. Hello, blind people and non-blind people. Yeah. Welcome to... <laughs> film Fandango. This is a podcast about uh, films and stuff. Open to all disabilities. All disabilities and... And abilities. Abilities and, uh, and also uh, intellects as well, I guess. I mean, it's mostly just sort of aimlessly chattering around the subject of films, isn't Don't it? do that, mate. No? Don't understand it early doors and you... That's... But also, we do reveal the secrets of the universe later on, so look out for that. Yeah, and there's plenty of dick pics. <laughs> Loads of dick pics. Welcome, dick pic listeners. Right, what happened is, we I went to the cinema. Right, you went to the cinema. It's uh, it's an odd period for films at the moment in the cinema. Did you have a lot of choice? Well, here's my predicament. Right. Uh, uh, regular listeners, which are aware they're, they're dwindling, are, uh, would have known that I normally go to the Muswell, I live in North London, yeah. Muswell Hill Odeon, yeah. or the NA Art House Cinema. Yes. And for years, or for the four years we've been going, or however long I've been doing this, I've been saying derogatory things about the Muswell Odeon. Right. And then, t- literally a month ago, two months ago, they got bought by the Everyman. We, okay, yes. Another sort of smaller cinema uh, chain. More arty chain. Almost arty, yeah, yeah. But uh, now, now I feel a bit upset about slagging off the Odeon, because at least they, sh- they show more mainstream films. And what does the Everyman show? The same films as the Art House. <laughs> exactly. So the same so you now have no films. choice. They're less than a mile away from each other, and they're both showing 45. Yeah. Which is the one with um, about two old people, Tom Courtney and, uh, I can't remember the lady's name, Charlotte Rampling. Uh, They're showing another, something else that looks shit, or Everest. Exactly the same films. Is Everest an art house film? No, but that's the most mainstream one. Right, that's as mainstream as they'll go. It doesn't have any monsters in it, so we can show it. But they were showing exactly the same six films. I didn't really have much choice. Right. And that I went to go and see... 45. I was going to see that, but I thought I'd go for a new release. I went to go and see Everest. Okay. So, uh, for those not in the know... Everest uh, is a mountain. It's a mountain. It's it's quite a large mountain, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the bigger mountains. 
Uh, it's definitely up there. Um, it was way up there, mate. Really high up there. And it's, it's imagine looking up in uh, something tall. Yeah. Are you imagining it? Yeah. Put your head back even further. No. And a bit further. Well, now, now the giraffe has a hat on. You've not even seen the top of it yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, like, there's a flower in the giraffe. Put hat. your head back a bit further. Yeah. Bloody hell! Not even there. That's how big it is. That is massive. This is interactive as well. This podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so what's the basic story other than a man goes up a mountain? Well, well, here that herein lies the problem. Okay. You call a film Everest. Yeah. Well, now I'm just—I'm giving you. Do you know anything about this film? I've seen the trailer. Oh well, there we go. She's so I know it's a man goes up a mountain. He's got a wife who's at home who's worried about him, and then a storm comes in, and he decides to try and get down the mountain. Yeah, I've... it sounds like the film. Uh, oh, what a touching the void, which was a a reenactment of a true life story but not on Everest this is a reenactment of a true life story as well oh is it yeah is it the is same it? true life story no uh, it's quite a famous <laughs> story for climbers well, um, this is the problem with these films I know it's like off most films and I'm, I'm an arsehole but as soon as it's called Everest I almost know what's going to happen and it's just uh, you're almost you're thinking well which one which one's going to die okay does one of them die at least yeah okay um, is it it's um, a, Jake Gyllenhaal? It, I'm not going to say is that because it's spoilers. Is it the boring man who's weirdly in everything currently? That is really weird. We'll talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah. I can't understand that. He was in um, he must have, Zero Dark Thirty, wasn't he? And he was Zero all Dark right 30. in it. He's in Terminator, the next Terminator. Yeah. He's in Planet of the Apes. He was John Connor in the Terminator yeah. Genesis. And I do not know who, how he gets it. It's like... It's, it's not the equivalent of me getting mainstream roles. <laughs> no, it's not. He's boring. I mean, you're baffling, but he's boring. But he's not even... I can understand if he was good-looking or a brilliant actor. Yeah. But he's got quite a rat-like face. Yeah, he is quite ratty, isn't he? It's not... It's he, not he, but he's doing the face. roles that sort of classically handsome men do, and you go, all right, he's not that interesting, but at least he's classically handsome, where he's, he's not even that. He's the female equivalent... He's not, the, he's not a girl. The male equivalent. <laughs> uh, he, for those of you who, um, uh, well, regulars will know that we're uh, terrible at names. I mean, this, if you want to go somewhere for accuracy, this is not a place to come. It's His really name is not. Jason Clark. Jason Clark. He he might a, be the new Jimmy Bobo. For I me. he's the equivalent of who's the lady is in What Women Wants. What Women Want. The Mel Gibson one. Who's, in, who's Helen in the, Hunt? Not is it Helen Hunt? I yeah, I can't remember. Yes, I think it is. I could ne- He looks like a bit like her. Right. He's probably Helen Hunt's brother. It is Helen Hunt. Because I can understand how Helen Hunt got so many roles. Right. Is um, there's who's the Helen Hunt's who, in ca- yeah Helen Hunt who was in cast who went did a series of big getting those and those of films. I never understood because I found her really. N- I'm not saying because she's not that's because she's not especially attractive. I like people with interesting faces. Yeah. I, n- I was really found her... Boring. Not remotely charming. Yeah, yeah. And I, in the same way as Jason Clark. Like Anna her. Kendrick. Yes. Who is not remotely charming That's another either. one. I don't know why she's in films. What's happening? It's those, those are triumvirate. They all look like They'll rats. all be in a film together at some point. Rat children. Yeah, yeah. The rat people have created <laughs> Helen Hunt, Jason Clark, and Anna Kendrick. They all look slightly like rats... All the rats have got together, yeah. and they've tried to make a human. There's more rats than humans. They've made these rat people 
was slowly entering our mainstream culture. Well, yeah, these rats are slightly pretty. And that is the reason he listened to this podcast. So those sort of insights, that incisive minds can make. Yeah, <coughs> anyway, yeah, Everest. made some connections. Jason Clark plays Rob Hall, and he is a leader of an exposition called... <laughs> exposition. Expedition. <laughs> no, I think that was Freudian yeah, slip. Yeah, lead, and also the leader of the exposition... <laughs> Uh, of a group called Mountain Adventurism, I can't remember what it's called, Adventure, Adventure Hunter, or something like that. Adventure my, Hunters. I watched it five days ago and my memory's gone. That's a separate issue. But um, <laughs> And he's he takes, over the last few years, he's been taking tours of people up to Everest. Oh, uh, so he's done it before? He's been up there four times before. What? Oh, yeah, can't be exciting bro. anymore. I've heard when you get to the top of Everest, it's not... Covered in litter. It's covered in litter. There's a Starbucks up there. It's like someone's bog. It is like someone's bog. No, it's um, apparently, it's it's not the sort of incredible cathartic experience you're hoping for because you can barely breathe. So you only want to stay up there for like 10 minutes max before you start heading down again. Well, um, as as Jason Clark, stroke Rob Hall, explains in the exposition bit... Yeah. That's when you enter the death zone. The death zone? They're making it sound very exciting. You know, say you're going... Do you need to use a public toilet? Yeah, I know that and feeling. And yeah. it smells really bad in there. Yeah. You know... In the toilets. Yeah, you yeah. know... You've got about two minutes to do a wee. Otherwise, you're not coming out. Yeah, there. I call that uh, that the death zone. That is the same... That's yeah. how it first Oh, got right, right. Okay. yeah, yeah. Think of that on a mountain. <coughs> where oh. you've got the last bit... He, this is not really spoilers, it's in the trailer... At the last 200 metres or something, or that you're, it's so high, your body can't take the air pressure, so your body is, in fact, dying right. over that course. That well, we're bit. all dying, aren't we? But really fast. Faster, OK. And so you need to go up that bit Could and Could you take a wee at that height? Would it freeze instantly? Probably, yeah. Could you wee at someone with such I don't velocity? Know, I don't know what... <laughs> it would it, pierce their body. This is normally the stuff that I say. Sorry. So you, someone tries to shoot you and you wee at them and it turns into... Ice as it hits them. Like Terminator 2, like a blade. You make a blade coming out of you, yeah. You'd have to snap it off afterwards, but... No, because it piss doesn't... Well, I'd like to see someone try it. <laughs> I would as well, that'd be a good vine. It's well acted. And okay. It, it, I, I, originally I thought, I came to the cinema and thought, this is, it's, you sort of know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't think Jason Clark's particularly charming... They made a mistake of making um, uh, what's her chops, uh, Kira Knightley, the wife. Oh, I, I can't. Is she being American? She's no, she's being a uh, New Zealander, and she's just crying. And I don't like Kira Knightley. Her face is too symmetrical. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you want her to have a bit of a boxer's I'm, nose? I'm or not something. really in a position to criticise people's faces, but I'm I'm going to. Okay. Um, uh, so is is Kira Knightley's job to make it really sad that her husband's in jeopardy? Is well, the, that her the, job? The problem is, is that you realise it's a true story, so it is a lot sadder. Okay. And there are uh, quite a few sad uh, moments in it, and it grows. It stayed. It stayed with me. It's one of those films that you watch and you think mm, that was all right, and after you sort of think about it a bit more, it's really well done. It's really well done, but. The problem, the main problem is, is that it's a film going up a mountain. People, there's only so much you sort of know what's going to happen in the story. Yeah, you're just waiting for someone to either die or survive. Yeah, and my other problem is, forgive any anyone listening to climb up a mountain, forgive me, but I don't understand 
extreme sports people. I don't understand. It's almost like these really odd alpha males you I get in business. Understand, I could understand something like skydiving being a unique experience. Yeah. You know, where the, the, even however briefly the sensation of flight must feel that, amazing. But to climb... And endurance things I don't really want to ever do. It's, so, it's horrible. Yeah. You're climbing... And it's really dangerous. It's horrible. You've got a really high risk of you dying. This is a famous event. that There's been a lot of books written about this. Um, which, uh, disaster. which face did they go up? I think it's the south face, I right. think. It was a big disaster that happened in 1994. Right. And there's it, been a lot of different books from, from different people's opinions on this, so climbers will know about this. But I just don't... People I've met who are climbers yeah. or do that sort of thing, and there's a couple of people, I think they're weirdos. <laughs> I've met them, I've talked to them, I don't really get on with them. So I immediately thought all these people, Norbens. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. So you wanted them to die? I didn't want, I, I thought, I thought oh, you're a woman's going to die. And I couldn't really think that because I thought, oh, it's a real life story. So I'm Have actually you, wishing someone. Oh, no, well, they're always die. like that. Like, um, impossible. We both saw that, didn't we? Or the uh, impossible. I thought that was great. It was brilliant. Yeah. But it's again based on a true story. Uh, but I thought you genuinely were rooting for all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, brilliant it had kids in it as well and you were still like I still like all of these people they're not sort of stay schooly kids the, the genre can work is what I'm saying but have you seen Perfect Post- Storm as well no I, I go back to the impossible that's yeah. because I think that's people that's people put uh, they're at the victim of, the, of a they had, disaster it's not their own stupid fault for doing it in they've the gone on holiday they've not gone to oh, let's go to you know yeah tsunami country yeah Let's go chase the tsunami. Yeah, they've gone to a, for a beach holiday. Yeah, they've not yeah. climbed up a mountain. No, I agree. I think that does make a difference. Rather <laughs> <laughs> than, yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I'm going to shoot myself in the head as a sport. Oh no, I'm yeah. bleeding out. Will I get to the hospital in time? I think it's a good film. I think you should wait till it comes out on DVD or. Uh, What's the cinematography like? Is it beautiful to watch? It's not, I didn't feel as if it's especially beautiful. I didn't feel like it was a just huge cinematic experience. Okay. But it probably helped it a lot being on the big screen doing the whole. Um, I would have thought, you know, the 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 entire reason to do a film about this called Everest would be for the incredible shots of mountains and the space falling away beneath you. You know, it's got, it sounds like something that should have been shot in IMAX, really. To I bet it'd be really good on the IMAX. I, bet, I expect it would be good, but it didn't. Wasn't something I thought. Wow, where you go and see Interstellar even on the small screen or Gravity, and you're still yeah. impressed by it. He didn't have that sort of thing. I mean, he's got a great cast. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Um, Josh Brolin. Um, he's good. I like him. Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten her name. Who's it? The brilliant actress. Uh, who's... Meryl Streep. English, English one. Oh. Emily Watson's in it. Emily Watson, yes. Uh, and also brilliant. a great actor who's... Who, uh, it's not Jake... John Hawkes. John Hawkes? Who is John Hawkes? He's got played a sort of... He's in Marth... Martha Maylene Martha, Martha Marcy May Marlene yeah, is he the, the sort of culty leader guy in that yes he's slightly ratty looking himself yes uh, is he is he maybe no he's not in that yes he is in that he's brilliant I think he's great he is great isn't he he looks French yes he does look French um, mm. yeah wait till it comes out on DVD I enjoyed it I'll give it seven merits because it was done it must be I give him seven merits because it's very difficult to film up a mountain I presume <laughs> I imagine it's very hard, yes. Um, all right. Well, Everest for you there. Um, have we got any letters? Yes, we have. 
Good. Here's one. Oh. And it is from a man. Oh. His name's uh, Tom Kerwin, and he wants you to read it out in the accent of a posh Londoner trying to fake a South East London accent. Oh, it's probably from um, this is legend reference, isn't it? A posh Londoner trying to uh, do do a South East London accent. There we go. Dear David, Merrick, Buddy, and Danielle shaped hole. Mm. Bit rude. <laughs> if you should choose to read this, please do so. We've read that. Yes, yeah, so. Thanks for saving me from even considering watching John Wick. From your description, it sounds utterly execrable. On your po- on your point about the best heroes being not the untouchable ones, but the ones that take a severe beating and yet somehow keep on going, I realise that I've experienced this in two ways. There is enormous pleasure in watching someone who's incredibly good at their art form. You see this in some Chinese martial arts films. But there's a lovely example in the 2010 remake of Karate Kid where, spoilers-ish, Jackie Chan's caretaker character is so skillful at Kung Fu that he causes a bunch of youths to beat each other up without even throwing a punch. When fighting angry blind men, best just to stay out the way. That's in quotes. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to want my heroes to be that awesome, that awesome all the time. It actually frustrated me when they were a bit rubbish. But eventually I realised that though it may be inspirational and awesome for two minutes, it would make for a very tedious film. When the hero isn't being challenged, it's predictable. When the hero is invincible, there's no jeopardy and so no interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nobody ever, was ever inspired by a hero that overcame probable odds. You mentioned how much you like Keanu Reeves, but his character in the Matrix sequels exemplifies this problem. There he is fighting hundreds of Agent Smiths, and it's beautifully choreographed and impressive, and yawn. We know he can't die. We know he can fly away at any time. There's no danger, no stakes, and ultimately no meaning. I want to recommend a film with a great example of a hero that takes a licking and keeps on kicking. But the best recent example I can think of isn't a film, but a TV show. Daredevil, from Netflix. I know, I know, the Ben Affleck Daredevil film was a travesty and a stinker. Please put that pile of red-suited dung out of your mind. The series gets back to the core of Daredevil. His superpower is really just the ability to keep getting up again, regardless of how many shades have been kicked out of him. I thought I meant get up in the morning. That's right. I thought I've got, I've got that superpower then. And Merrick, I know you're fed up with bloody superhero films. This one doesn't have that one same old storyline. With 13 episodes, it has room for character development. Yes, actual character development for the goodies and baddies alike. Well, some of the baddies at least. Speaking of which, Vincent D'Onofrio gives a tour de force performance as the antagonist of the piece. I know you're film Fandango and not TV Tango. Spin-off. So I understand if you're not super keen, but I exhort, uh, exhort you to give it a try. I, su- I suspect that too many people have dismissed this series because of that film. Go on, do it. Keep watching the films. Tom, sent from Mailbox. Thanks, oh, Tom. good, that's nice. That's I've seen all of Daredevil. And My brother recommended to me. Is it good? It is very good if you like the fight genre. It's it's clearly taken its cinematic uh, inspiration from uh, Far Eastern films. So, but more like sort of old boy is clearly a, a inspiration for it. It's it's great, and he's just wearing um, 
yeah. a black t-shirt and uh, a bandana. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not in superhero shit or any of Both that. Times and he budget gets me. the shit kicked out of him. Does he? Really does. It's brilliant. Um, really good fun. Vincent D'Onofrio is fantastic in it. Um, it's got its problems, but it's also excellent. Um, it's you know going back to this point again though. It's um, maybe 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 it is us showing our age sort of thing that kids do like seeing someone just being awesome because their sort of appreciation of a film and its story is more superficial. Maybe we want to watch people like us in films. Who just That's keep on going despite I, the kicking that, we've been given. I just want to watch someone who's got the, the energy to get out of bed every morning. <laughs> Who dares, like a devil, to get yeah. out of bed in the morning. What would your be the superhero name would be for person who... Could, um, the uh, all I can think of is, is Get Up Man. That's not very good. <laughs> no, uh, Slow Riser. I like Slow Riser. That, well, no, but that's that's wrong, isn't it? Fast Riser, High Riser. No, that sounds like something to build on the building. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Captain Upman. Yeah, Captain Upman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what yeah. have you seen? Uh, well. Um, I have seen a film that I hadn't heard of actually, but I'm, I'm still doing slightly cockney. I'm sorry, I've absorbed it. Um, a film I hadn't heard of, but is sort of interesting in the whole uh, scope of cinema, I guess. It's director Paul Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. his first film. What else has he done? Paul Thomas Anderson did um, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, There oh, Will yeah, Be Blood, yeah, The Master. Yeah. Oh yeah, inherent yeah. vice. Yeah, know no, that is. Punch yeah. drunk loves a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's P.T. Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, first film, and it's called Hard Eight. Now it's it stars uh, John C. Riley, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, right. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Who? Well, he's doesn't in all, he's in all films, so we don't need to say anything. it really. Um, and but he's, it, but he's just got really. Uh, it was from you going, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right, sorry, buddy. Buddy, come here, mate. Good lad. Um, but also, the actor Philip Baker Hall, he's the lead in it, really. Mm-hmm. And you will recognise this guy. He's older. He's 84 years old currently. Happy birthday. This guy. This guy here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's the a- one who gets killed at the start of the uh, f- client... Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But anyway, this story, it's its its really good and it's sort of spoilers to tell you what it's about. But basically, he, in the beginning, finds down-on-his-luck sort of tramp, actually, John C. Riley, mm-hmm. uh, outside this diner on the highway. And he, and he looks like... Um, he, uh, he looks like a proper sort of... Don really like he's well dressed he looks like a sort of career gangster you know how you dress smart but not flashy and you just sort of yeah, carry yourself for company yeah, anyway yeah, like he for some reason and you don't know why at the beginning takes John C. Riley under his wing and John C. Riley's a bit of a buffoon but and teaches for bummy no 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 that's not right okay um, he teaches he takes him to Vegas and teaches him basically how you can scam the system a bit and how you can count cards and he teaches him to become a professional gambler basically and that's the beginning of it um, Gwyneth Paltrow plays um, 
a waitress who may have a sideline in other things, and Samuel L. Jackson plays a bit of a sort of chancer guy. Um, and that's it. It's those characters just in a really tightly sort of written and fun thing. What style? Thriller? Sort of, yeah. I mean, uh, things get dark and and things go badly, but it is. It's it. It reminded me actually of the debut of the Coen Brothers, Blood Simple, mm-hmm. which is you know small character piece, but it gets sort of violent and and very high stakes quite quickly. Casino. Uh, casino. The film casino. No, like casinos, the high stakes. Oh, let's see, like in the casino. Yeah, 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 yeah. just doing a little link. Well, they're in Vegas, you know, they're going to all the casinos. I was trying to do a little link to it. Well, thank you, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's, 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 I hadn't heard of it and it's, and it's really good. I really like it. I mean, it feels more like a TV movie, but that's often just the budget, isn't it? I mean, when the, when the budget is small, Mm. then they've paid for the best actors or highest profile actors they can afford yeah. and everything else is just in their storytelling and ability with cameras but it just has a slightly gentle feel to it there are a few what did you watch it on? Um, it was on a streaming service it was something like um, uh, uh, something like Netflix I well my, my streaming service uh, what? Oh, what was yours called? Oh. <laughs> you brought it up again Turdwire Turdwire mine was called Flick Off um, was it on Turdwire? Uh, it wasn't on Turdwire. Okay. Turdwire's selection's gone really downhill, actually. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of um, soccer dog movies on there, but not What's much. What's soccer dog? dog? Soccer dog's a franchise about a dog that can play soccer. Oh, don't complain about that, mate. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was on. It, so um, it's either on Netflix or Amazon Prime. One of these things. How many Davids? You know, I think I'd give it. I think I'd give it eight. It's really good. It's not one of my favourite films. I wouldn't watch it again and again and again. Um, it was good to see sort of um, proper height of her career, Gwyneth Paltrow, in terms of just before it's ninety six. This film's from before so, seven. Then yeah. So she, when she was a good actress, getting offered sort of interesting roles rather than just just be pretty and stand over there. Sort Maybe of. Maybe seven was ninety five. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's good. John C. Riley is just so so watchable in everything. Yeah, I love him. He's, he's great. Excellent. And but he's someone who can. I think there's a fear in a lot of actors playing protagonists that if they play their character too weak, the audience won't like them. Mm. So they end up being incredibly strong and sort of uh, dominant in every situation, quietly dominant like a cowboy. Yeah. And in a lot of roles, you go well. Why is their character sort of down on their luck and a bum? Because they clearly own every situation they go into. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. quite make sense. Whereas why John C. Riley is down on his luck makes perfect sense. And the story sort of all hangs together really well. It's but it's How many David? Eight, I think. Eight David? Yeah, it, Philip Baker Hall is just so watchable in this. So watchable. His 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 character is so nuanced, and you—you t- you t- he isn't a gangster in this. He isn't playing a gangster, but you totally believe that was his past. Oh, you, know, okay. you, you absolutely get that. Um, it's great, and Samuel L. Jackson is sort of tearing the scenery apart, being fun, you know, doing yeah. what he does. Too many times. Um, well, um, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Merrick's <laughs> got to go. Uh, that's hard eight, uh, but. 
if you'd like to write in and have your letter read out on the podcast... Please do. Please do. You can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can post anything you like on the Facebook page, forward slash, uh, forward slash Film Fandango, or you can tweet us at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Marit Larwood. And we also do all of this for free. Uh, well over 200 episodes now, so if you've listened to any and would like um, to help us keep it going, uh, cinema tickets ain't cheap in this town. <coughs> Oi, uh, buddy. It's only the dickhead dogs next door, don't worry. Um, then uh, please uh, do donate towards the podcast that would be very very good go to filmfandango.co.uk and thank you to the people who have already as well yeah yes thank you <laughs> oh well that's about it then um, I hope everyone has a really super week and enjoys these last moments of uh, the autumn and if you're listening in the winter later on I hope you enjoy that or if you're listening in the summer I'm really enjoying Marek's final thoughts on yeah. Film Fandango I think that should be a regular feature I don't oh okay hey <laughs> keep, keep watching the, the films, films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.